So, uh, so we're doing uh, we're doing a tech and startups um, intro to um, cybersecurity or something like it. And this is Nathan Real, and Nathan is well, he's an expert. Uh, he's been working with uh, cybersecurity and people who need cybersecurity for several years now. And so, um, Nathan, if you want to um, enhance your introduction first, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so I've been working with uh, different vendors through the last couple of years as a cybersecurity expert. Uh, just assisting companies, just developing a better strategy, implementing product, uh, understanding how uh, my company can continue to innovate to adjust to their needs and their requirements. Uh, and just being in this field, I've picked up a lot of the knowledge and have had many conversations with Alex over the years about it. And so he just asked me with, you know, the background of everything going on with work from home to kind of just drive down and, and maybe finally put some content of my own together uh, and, and help in, in that capacity too, to just chat with people about what, what are some of the things I see and what are some things, small things that they can be doing to, to keep themselves safe. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about the super high level and then the, the little lower level. So the super high level is maybe one word, the word that is the name of all the stuff you do. And then, and then we'll dive into, Hey, everyone's people are, people are coming out of their offices and working from their homes, which aren't maybe not the most secure places. And so we want to get ready to be able to handle that. So first, what do you, what do you even call this thing of, of, of keeping everything safe and secure? What's that called? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the general term is like cybersecurity. Uh, the idea that, you know, we all live in this new cyber online world and then how do we keep everything uh, safe, uh, reliable and accessible to the people that need access to it, you know, and not any malicious person that may want to, steal or extort any of that data or, uh, or money. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have, as, as people begin to exit the office and work from home, and they already are, and this includes um, government offices, financial institutions, places where medical records may be held, as people more and more um, need to do even that kind of sensitive work from home, what would, what would employers, organizers, and other people who are protecting that, what, what might they be worried about? Yeah, and um, let me boil down, you know, 40 years of history into about, you know, 10 seconds here, right? Like, back in the day, you had a computer, a device, and it sat someplace, and the only way to get the information on it was to interact directly with it. In the modern day of the internet, as, as things have grown and bloomed, um, it's so easy to get access to different pieces of information wherever, wherever you might be across the world. Uh, and so what what's happened now is that as as some of those even concepts of having a network and having one, everyone on your local network are, are slowly uh, falling apart, uh, there's there's just so much more ease of access into that data. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might be using a VPN to log into your workspace. You might just be using an application that you might log into directly, whether that's Zoom, which is the product Alex and I are using right now, all cloud-based. Um, you know, it's so simple to, to, to use. That also means in some ways it's also simple to exploit. And so, mm. uh, you know, I, I've spent a, a lot of time over the last two months talking about this with different people, both in preparing and for uh, uh, deploying different, different pieces of, of uh, infrastructure to, to support this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the process, especially as I speak with people who are um, 
not just in the U.S., but around the world, people who are working for government offices, but they're not um, necessarily essential employees. So they're not supposed to be on the road. So I know people who are, for the very first time, being allowed to take a computer or a laptop into their homes, um, and 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 some people who are not. And so they are uh, a for uh, they're employed. Uh, they've been assigned work. They have things that they're supposed to do, but they're actually not capable of doing it because they're not able to access their physical machines. Or another example is I have people in my life um, who are using a VPN for the very first time and, or hopefully they're using a VPN um, for the very first time. I have people who are um, accessing files remotely for the very first time. They've had a, a very, you know, they've had a long career of accessing in the office and for the very first time they're logging on using uh, whether it's Zoom, Google Drive, just a, a number of things for the very first time, which to some of us feels surprising because if we're, you know, if we're uh, hanging out in Silicon Valley, for example, we're kind of used to a certain kind of atmosphere of shared files and moving things around. But we're not, what we forget in our bubble, right, is that we and our friends and our colleagues, we don't represent the world. In fact, we represent a, a, a small minority of, of, the, of the world's workplaces and the world's workers. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, it's one of the things I'm most appreciative about in my position is I get to work with people who, you know, want to develop uh, a security practice in their companies that are bleeding edge, right? And then I also work with people that, you know, haven't really done a great update in the last 20 years, and a lot has changed since then. And so uh, it's really interesting to implement some of those concepts that transcend kind of where someone is in that process and uh, develop the, a strategy with them that is effective in how they secure their, their corporate data, uh, let yeah. alone you know, ways that they can implement some of the same concept, concepts to protect their personal data too. So. so that's a great spot, I think, for a segue, which is strategy. And so if I'm coming into this, um, perhaps I'm doing cybersecurity for the first time, but if we can, can focus a little more on, on I have an office, but now people are working remotely for the first time, or maybe a lot more, um, what am I, what, what I going to be concerned about with my strategy at a high level? Yeah, super high level. It comes down to what you're trying to protect. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a if you're an author that is working on their, their latest sci-fi book, um, that's a very different way of, and it's a different strategy in a lot of ways if you're an accountant trying to establish uh, a better, better practice around securing financial files. So, you know, the first thing is to identify what is crucial, what is possible, what's your, what's your highest value piece of data? Uh, and, and then the second part is where does that live? How, how is that currently accessed? Mm -hmm. um, so, so once you've identified what is, you know, your crucial data, you can start to understand the normal ways in which it's accessed. Um, generally, you know, a login or um, a direct connection uh, network, the direct network connection specifically like a VPN or just being on that network, a, net, a shared network file. Um, mm -hmm. And you can develop a little bit tighter strategy in securing that, right? So yeah. um, if I'm using code, I might have, if, I, if I'm in a technology organization, I might have an internal version of Git or um, some other file versioning system. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have a friend who's an inventor, right? And so uh, one of the things he, he's talked about before is just perfect, protecting his intellectual property uh, from being, you know, just accidentally taken from some, 
a malicious user, on a hacker, right? Uh, whether that be someone in China or local in the U.S. or a competitor or a giant toy manufacturer, you know, uh, having his his intellectual property secure and protected in that capacity uh, is is something that he cares deeply about. Mm-hmm. And what else are we what else are we thinking about? So we've got a virtual we've got our virtual world um, strategy, right? Yep. And then what else? Yeah, I think the other thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, is why would someone want to take your information and do they care, right? So uh, if, you're, if you're an author that may have one or two employees that help you kind of edit your books or do such and such, right? Um, that might be, you're the only people that may actually care about that is someone who's read one of your books and didn't like it. And now you, they're ticked off, you know, troll, internet troll that's going to come after you and might have some coding mm-hmm. skills. Uh, you know, I don't think that person has to worry too much about China coming and, and you know, sure. sending with all of their resources against them. Uh, no, yeah. no state against China, right? Just, just a use case. Um, well, I can imagine too, I could be worried about um, someone being a little playful with my social media account. So maybe they don't know me, they don't know my intellect, in this case, not my intellectual property, but I have a brand yeah. or reputation. And so I want to be careful that, you know, I might have an assistant who is, use has access and even runs my social media, but I don't want, I don't want um, playful pranksters, you know, getting into my social media accounts. No, that's a perfect example. One of the big things that have been a, a huge uptick right now is the, um, is the number of people that have uh, small corporate biz- businesses. They usually operate off contract and they don't have passwords. They don't have another form of authentication set up for access to that Zoom. And then, you know, you have this Zoom, you're doing a business meeting and all of a sudden, you know, someone comes in and they're, they're having uh, a unsavory content just blasting in the middle of your meeting and, and you uh, scramble to, to take that out. You know, it, 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 yeah. it hurts their business at the end of the day. Uh, and so uh, understanding the ways that you are making sure that the access to your data is really mm-hmm secure is, is the, is one of the first steps there, right? Yeah. And I'll add one more thing. And I, I bet you, um, I'm going to guess 50% of, of, of our viewers will know what this is, but a DDoS attack, right? And so that's the, the, the people infiltrating my system don't care about what's on my system. They want to use the system, the processing power, the bandwidth, the internet power to, um, send signals from my computer systems to another, to a targeted uh, web page or targeted system to shut it down by overwhelming it. So the way that that attack works is I get as many computer cycles as I can and I point, point all those computer cycles at a web page or some other, some other uh, uh, server on the network. Um, and I just keep sending signal, signal, signals, so many that that um, target can't process all the signals and it sh- has to shut down or it comes to such a crawl that it can't operate. So it's not just what I'm, it's, it is what I'm protecting, but it's also like I have a business, I have a business to run and something else is overwhelming my system in order to get at a different target. I may not be the target. I may be used as a tool to get to another target. And I think that's, um, that's still a, an interesting danger. Not again, I think what I'm noticing, one thing I'm noticing is some of this is about remote being remote, but some of this is just security in general. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter where your staff is sitting. It's still a risk. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and understanding some of the changes in the time that mm. probably remain moving forward. So, 
Um, yeah, and, and again, right, like some of these are just basics, just like you were saying, right? Like mm -hmm. making sure you're putting passwords on things, kind of, kind of basic. Um, you know, one of the big things that I talk about consistently is multi-factor authentication, you know, so mm -hmm. something beyond just the password, uh, whether that's a text message bump or an email bump or direct kind of one of those app-based options, um, having a way to know that your the appropriate person accessing that data um, that isn't just something you know, something that a, a hacker can steal uh, mm -hmm. that, that that password from someplace else and then now they have your password. Um, another, I mean, along that same line is a password manager uh, and just having good password practices. One of the things I can actually do for you, Alex, is I've got a good document that I can share on some of the best pa password practices. Um, mm -hmm. One of the, there's this old, I'm going to date myself here a little bit, which is funny because I'm still pretty young. Uh, there's this thing called Leet Speak, uh, which is something old gamers used to use in early 2000s to like talk with letters and numbers. And mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the things now that you can use that to is just having passwords that it's easy for you to remember, but it's hard for like an AI to breach just because you're adding just an extra degree of um, complexity in there. So um, let me, I'll make sure that I get that out to, to you. So any right. readers interested in some password best practices can take advantage of that. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah. what about, what about physical, physical security? So when people are going home, they're taking home their, their laptop, their phone, maybe even maybe um, a special hardware that, that is uh, proprietary. Yeah, that's a great question. So the big thing when it comes to hardware stuff, I get this question all the time. What's this? What's the most secure uh, device? What's the most secure uh, mobile phone? You know, the most secure device is the one that's up to date. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you could have uh, the. Uh, this happens all the time. You know, Windows comes out with a new laptop. Apple comes out with a new smartphone. Uh, Android comes out with with a new device. Um, and there's always going to be someone out there who's going to want to break it the first time. And so, um, you know, when that, when that, when you're conscious of the fact that there's no such thing as a perfectly secure device, the best thing you can do is keep it, your operating system up to date. Um, the thing that sits just alongside that debatably more important is the browser you use, keeping your browser up to date. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that, often gets overlooked is um, when, when I use the term like firewall, it's usually like this concept of a device that sits in, in a network. There's a, there's, there's a firewall that's on most modern laptops and such things just to make sure that some of those basic network protocols aren't getting, making sure that's turned on. Um, all those sorts of things are just super helpful in, uh, in just keeping your device secure. Uh, encryption is, is kind of the last one that sits, sits in there. Uh, knowing that at the end of the day, you could lose your laptop, you could lose your phone and knowing that there's no way for someone to get in there, just, you know, hardwire some, some code together and break right into there, right around the password because it's encrypted because you have that extra degree of uh, um, security within that, within that device. And Nathan, what, uh, so what other high level elements might there be? Yeah, good question. Um, so when we're talking about data, when we're talking about, devices. Uh, I just mentioned something getting stolen, right? right? So making sure you've backup, making sure you have uh, mm. uh, a secure backup, right? So 
you know, whether something's internet-based, having a hard copy. If something's hard copy, maybe having a secure internet-based, uh, cloud-based backup system. Um, some of those things, uh, one of the things that comes up recently, I'm going to use a term that's been used very heavily in the media, which is ransomware. Uh, when you have a backup, that means that if one of those gets compromised, you, you have a spare, right? Like you have access to that data in another format. Um, those things come in really heavily when you are um, just being conscious of what, what's important data and, and how, how you can make sure that you're being conscious of that data. Just the, the, the basics that I talked about mm -hmm. uh, before, yeah. That's fantastic. So just to, to attempt to recap that, um, when we're thinking about cybersecurity a, as a whole, and it sounds like we're going to include this whether we're uh, in the office or we have employees outside the office, um, we're concerned about what, what is it in the first place we need to protect? Where does that stuff sit? And what are the, what are the protocols to secure those things? Um, we're really concerned about password management um, and, and um, I'm going to leave that there. That's kind of the virtual stuff. Everything, everything's secure. Um, with our hardware, we're concerned that we have it up to date. We have an up-to-date browser. We have up-to-date firmware. We have up-to-date operating systems. So we, we've got that. Um, and then further with our hardware, we want to make sure our devices are encrypted and locked down, do uh, multi-factor authentication, and then authentication, I think is the word. And then um, finally, like when it does get lost or stolen, because if you've got a group of people, you've got a bunch of devices hanging out one day, one of them's going to disappear. Um, and it's gone. You want to make sure that that's backed up or it fails or whatever. You want to make sure you've got a backup and you want to be thinking about, well, if it's a virtual backup, what kind of virtual backup do I need? If it's a physical backup, what kind of physical backup do I need? Is that about, would you say that's the, that's the rundown? Yeah, I think so. I think that covers a lot of the basics. I think that you know, if, if, if the majority of people followed some of those, the major, those steps, I think we'd see um, a lot more secure ecosystem. We'd see um, a lot more consciousness when it comes to protecting those things and, and, and fewer people taking advantage of uh, on, the, on the internet. Nathan, this is really helpful. I think we're gonna, we're gonna close down this. We're gonna call this part one, <laughs> wrap up part one, and then um, hopefully folks will join us uh, as you give us a deeper dive into what, how we can really start accessing each one of those points. Now here's a riddle for you. What does Tesla's founder president and Groupon's founding CEO have in common? They were both removed from the companies they started. Stay with me for another, I don't know, minute and understand this. More than three out of four founders are ousted from their role before year five. That's before IPO, before acquisition, before wild adoption. And as a result, you leave potentially millions of dollars on the table for your successor to pick up. But that won't be you, right? Imagine how good it will feel to carry out your vision for your org as a leader for years to come. Are you a founder of a software startup with a live product and a team? If so, can you see yourself learning to grow alongside your company? I've been working with founders and Fortune 100 companies for a decade, and I have a gift for you. It's free. It's a webinar, and it explains why CEOs and other founders are essentially removed from your company and what you need to do to stay. Move now. Click the link in the description. 
to transform from a founder CEO to a growth CEO, to scale your org, keep your money, and have a worldwide impact. The link to the free webinar is in the description, and I'll see you on the other side. I'm so glad you joined us today. If this video was helpful, give it a like. Go ahead and subscribe and hit the bell so that tech and startup videos continue to show up in your feed. I'll see you in the other videos.